0: Hello everybody and welcome to Professor P's podcast. I'm Natasha Palumbo, AKA Professor P. I'm known for evoking the essence of spirituality by bringing the energetic fire, activating the mind and speaking the truth. I'm so honored that you are here with us today. I thank you for joining. This podcast is focused on entrepreneurship, empowerment and energetics. You're going to find a wealth of information inside, guest speakers, and the elixir, a dose of energetic power. So let us join in on today's podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Professor Peace Podcast. I am so excited that you're here with me today and i can't wait till i get to my guest speaker but first i want to always thank you for your likes your shares you subscribing all the feedback i'm always so grateful that you are continually getting so much out of the podcast it really warms my heart that you are all being just able to receive what you need those pieces of freedom right those pieces of healing um, they both come in pieces and I want you to collect as many as you can. So today you're definitely going to get a whole bunch of pieces and I want you to put them in your pocket and I want you to walk on Empowered today. I want to introduce my guest to you. I have the pleasure of having Jennifer Ramirez with me. She is an author, entrepreneur, Coach and speaker that is passionate about helping women live their best lives, she is the founder of a nonprofit organization and rise whose mission is to empower women to be the ultimate versions of themselves, no matter what adversaries have they have faced. Jennifer is also a survivor of childhood sexual abuse, sexual assault, and domestic abuse. She shares her story with other survivors to offer them hope and healing as they work through their trauma and abuse. Jennifer is a passionate advocate for all women and offers prevention education to help empower and educate women on a healthy relationships, red flags, and healthy coping skills. Jennifer, thank you for being with me today. I am so excited. Um, Just a little backstory, everybody. I've met Jennifer a couple of years ago And it was at a time that I was kind of wanting to do more around the wounded mother. And I was really calling in like a partner to do that with me so that I could um, really have a deeper reach and not carry it all. But it also come in and help women as much as possible. And there's so many of us to be helped that I didn't want to do it alone. We don't want to do this journey alone. And lo and behold, God answered my prayer. And it had also been on Jennifer's heart, too. I mean, she had been thinking about it when I have brought it. And all of a sudden we said, oh, I think we're on to something. So we began The Wounded Mother. And um, even prior to this podcast today, Jennifer said, it's time again. We are considering actually doing The Wounded Mother in person. We'll keep you um posted on that. We'll keep you up to date on that as we figure it out. But if not, it'll be virtual again. We've had three amazing virtual sessions of the wounded mother. And we've had women all over the globe come to us and really have a safe, sacred space to share about the fact that many of us have suffered with a wounded mother. And even at times, if we're being truly honest and transparent, we were a wounded mother. But the greatest thing is in this life is you do not have to stay in despair. You do not have to stay in your trauma. You can take your trauma and your tragedy and you can turn it into triumph. You do not have to stay a wounded mother. You are able to be a healed one and a free one. So we will keep you posted on that. We hope you come and join us. Jennifer, thank you for being with us today. Why don't you tell my amazing listeners a little bit about you and a little bit about your story. Let's go there before we go into Anne Rise, which I, I love Anne Rise. Um, but let's go into your story a little bit.
1: Sure. So thank you, first of all, for having me here. I'm super excited. Uh, I get asked to do podcasts a lot, but you know, and it's all great. But when you asked me, I was like, Oh, hell, yeah, this is gonna be good. (laughs) Because we've worked together before. And I know your heart. And I know you as a person. And I just think you're amazing. So I'm very excited. And we also vibe real well. So I think this podcast is a good So thank you. Um, But all right, so I will just start kind of from the beginning here. So I went through childhood sexual abuse for my father. Uh, The abuse started when I was seven years old. Um, My mom Found out about it and didn't do anything she kind of just you know was in the background uh just kind of like everybody pretended like it wasn't happening or it didn't happen so that was traumatic in and of itself and so because of the sexual abuse and because we were told to keep it a secret and don't tell anyone the family secret I had like zero boundaries I didn't know what a boundary was I was never taught that I could say no to anybody so I just was a yes person to everybody um which caused a lot of issues as I became an adult. And um, fast forward to when I was 20, I moved to Chicago. I, I, for, I was raised in the suburbs, and then I moved to Chicago um, to go to college. And I kind of like went a little crazy. I was in a completely different atmosphere with different people. And I was just like, whoa. So um, I really started self-sabotaging in my early 20s. And then I got pregnant at um, 20 years old. And then um, as soon as I told him that I was pregnant, he took off. So I was left to fend for myself and my daughter. And that was very traumatic in and of itself as well. Um, And then just my self-esteem just like plummeted because I just felt like, dang, I'm having a kid with someone and he doesn't even want me or my child. And it was just a really, really um, tough time in my life. I, I think I was depressed, but I didn't even know what depression was back then. I just thought I was just sad and Um, I went to uh, then I had my daughter at 21. And you know, I went through some pretty bad postpartum depression, which I didn't even know at the time was a thing. I wasn't really taught about postpartum depression. And I definitely had it because I had my first panic attack the night I brought my daughter home from the hospital. And it was so scary because I thought I was going to die because I couldn't breathe and I was freaking out. Um, So anyway, so um, I would say two weeks into being a mother, I kind of got used to it. And I was like, Okay, I got the hang of it, you know, but for many, many years, honestly, the first like five or more years of my daughter's life, I was just on autopilot because I was so busy. Anyone out there that's a single mom knows how hard it is like when you don't have support from the other parent. And it is very, very, very stressful and not just stressful, like physically, but mentally and emotionally. It's like really, really tough, you know, just trying to get through work and then go home and cook and clean and take them a shower and make sure their homework is done and all these things, you know, and then you then, then it's time for yourself at the end of the day. And that might be an hour. That's really what I had for myself every day was that, you know, she went to bed at what, eight, nine. And then I had one hour for myself before I had to go to, you know, go to sleep. And that was it. And that was my life for a lot of years. So anyway, I got into my, I I was also in very like toxic relationships as well. And so um, my last toxic relationship was around uh, my mid twenties and he was very narcissistic, very controlling. Um, he also had bipolar disorder, which he was not treating. When he mm. told me about it at first, I thought, oh, it's okay, cool. Like I could, I can handle it. It's cool. Cause I liked him so much. I was so like infatuated mm. with this man that I was like, oh, I could deal with it. And as the years wore on, it was just so incredibly hard to deal with him. Plus like the, the narcissist, he was very emotionally abusive. And then it started to get physical towards the end. Um, I was even physical, too, and that's very out of my nature. I'm naturally a very nice, like, drama-free person. I don't like to fight, especially physically fighting, Um, but that just situation, he just brought the worst out of me, and he would corner me. He would literally corner me in my house, my own home that I was paying all the bills in, and he wouldn't let me leave if I was trying to leave, and he would just, like, you know, punch holes in the walls and slam doors and throw things, break my things, never his own things, only my stuff, you know, so... was just a lot of things there and that was actually very traumatic but that was the relationship that kind of changed my life it made me really see like it's not me for all for the long time that we were together we were together for almost four years and i just thought damn like i'm really messed up because he used to blame every single thing every problem of his and mine on myself so I, i believed it i really thought that there was something wrong with me until the end I finally had like a light bulb moment and I was like, it's not you, it's this guy. He's freaking nuts. And then I finally kicked him out, made him leave and my life completely changed after that, honestly. And then I started seeking counseling, took it really seriously. And that really started my journey, my healing journey of like, Oh, this all stems from childhood, you know, things that I hadn't dealt with. I never dealt or talked about the childhood sexual abuse. I had a lot of guilt and shame around it because of who did it too. Is it was my yes. dad? So yes. I even felt more embarrassed about that because I was just like, oh, my God, everybody's going to think I'm like messed up or come from this really jacked up family. And as I kind of started working through that, I, I you know, I, it took a long time, but I finally came to the realization that's not my guilt and shame to hold. I was seven years old. I didn't even know. I didn't even know what the name was of what he was doing to me. I just knew that it would always happen at night. He was always sneaking around. So I, that's was my clue that it wasn't right, you know. And plus I didn't like it. It used to make me feel like horrible. And so, yeah. So counseling changed my life. I started reading self-help books too. And that really helped me a lot. A lot of people talk crap about the self-help industry, but I, it honestly helped me so incredibly much. And it helped me to be more self-aware along with the counseling, you know, the counseling and that kind of combined helped me a lot. And so, um, after I left that relationship, I think I was single for about two to three months. And then I started dating again on the dating apps. And I have a twin sister. And I started telling her about this guy, whoever it was at the time that I was talking to. She's like, Jenny, you just got out of a relationship. Like, why are you already dating? But that was around the time too, that I realized I was codependent on men. I had a problem. Like I couldn't be alone. Mm. So She's like, your entire 20s, you dated shitty guys. Do you want your 30s to be the same? And something about that, man, that hit me so deep. (laughs) So deep and so hard. And I was like, you know what? No, I don't want my 30s to be the same way because my 20s were really hard, you know. So her saying that really helped because like, I actually was like, all right if I've always been dating and I've always been like, just always a somebody in my life, maybe I should try something different. Maybe I should do the opposite of everything I've been doing because everything I've been doing up until this point clearly hasn't worked. <laughs> so maybe I need to do something different. So I took that time to like be single. I was almost single for three years and it, I didn't date. I mean, I might've talked to people here and there, but not really, not, nothing serious. Um, and that really changed my life because I learned to be in my own company. I had serious issues of being alone. And I just always had to be around friends or guys or whoever, I couldn't be alone. So I learned to be in my own company. And in that I've learned, I learned to love myself and the Mm -hmm. self-love came in. And then I was like, Oh, this is what everybody's talking about with the self-love. Like when you feel like that, when you feel like, you know, I don't have to date anybody because I'm too good for that. Or he's not even on my level. And I never used to feel like that before. I always felt like I had to work to be on their level, or I had to prove myself to be around these people or whatever. So yeah. So I just got to this point, a really good point where I was just like, wow, like I really love myself and I really am an awesome person. Look at everything that I've been able to do by myself all these years, you know? So, um, so then, uh, what happened next? Uh, oh yeah. So then I was also in a toxic work environment (laughs) for a long time as well. I was, uh, Mm -hmm. Honestly, I would say the majority of my career was being in toxic work environments, which I didn't even know, again, was a thing. (laughs) It really is. So I kept getting overlooked for promotions and raises, and they kept telling me, you're not ready. At this time, I was also pursuing my bachelor's degree. I didn't have it yet, but I was in my last year and I was uh, doing school full-time, working full-time, still raising my daughter by myself. And my boss just kept telling me, you don't have your degree yet, though. You're not ready yet. I was doing all the work as my colleagues, but, they, but I didn't have the degree yet. So they kept telling me, no, you're not there yet. No, we're not right now. It's not that we don't have the budget for the raise. And they, I was just like, what the heck? I was just like working so hard and nothing was like happening. So then, yeah. And then I just got this like burning feeling inside, like, I meant for something bigger than this. I don't know why nobody can see my potential. Why can't they see it? I know it. I know I have something great inside of me, but nobody around me saw it. And then um, I started doing like these. So I went to this one event. Um, It was like a a gently used professional business clothing swap. So, you know, just bring your business clothing and go pick out what you want. So I went and then I didn't really expect it to be like women started, you know, sat in a circle and they started talking. Some of them started crying and they were talking about deep things and like triumphs and, you know, downfalls. And I was so completely inspired by that event. That event was the event that changed everything for me because I was so like, just inspired. And I was just like, wow, I, I left feeling amazing. I was like, I feel amazing. Like, it felt like, I don't know, it's just, it's hard to describe. But then I was like, I want to do something like that. I want to give women that feeling, that vibe that I'd left with. And so I started doing it out of my living room. I just started with wow. 15 girls in my living room. And that's kind of how everything started with like, and rise. And I know you don't want to talk about it yet, but like, that's kind of how everything wow. came together from a lot of rejection, a lot of me feeling like I wasn't good enough, a lot of work on myself, a lot of deep work and, you know, yeah. Great. I mean, in a different place now today.
0: Yeah, there's so much there. It's so funny what things are birthed out of a living room or out of a garage for businesses. It's notorious across the line in really um well, well to do businesses that began in garages. Fubu mm-hmm. began in a garage, right? I mean that's one that pulls, up. but there's a thousand you know, there's a yeah, thousand Apple did gyms.
1: Too. I think you started uh, in a garage it,
0: too. Yeah, yeah, Apple. Um you know, there's a thousand of them that just began inside. I mean, if if Amazon even started in like a room or something, or because he saw the people going into the bookstore, cross. It was like, how about I bring these books to them? Anyways, it was so. There's so many businesses and and organizations that start from that place right there. Churches even churches are big mm-hmm. to start in a house. Yeah, and then grow from a living room into, you know, a smaller building. But you gave us so much. There was so much there. I'm mm-hmm. going to try to break there. was there, I'm going to try to break some of that up a little bit and, and dive a little deeper into some of them. Because um, there was so much you've experienced. And thank you for um, your ability to share with my audience and with all those that you encounter. I mean, that's the power that we have today is that we get to share this story unapologetically yeah. and with boldness and braveness. And it's important because there's not a lot of people that will do this, that will bravely share the story. You know, we feel like we're not supposed to disclose so much and yeah. we shouldn't be so self-disclosing. And it's one of the topics I'm teaching right now in uh, business communications class. And I was telling that class, because we go pretty deep in there, but we don't go as deep as we do in my ethics and society class, because it's you know about ethics and society. They right. were like, it goes deeper than this with you, Professor. <laughs> I said, Of course it does, you guys. <laughs> but there was there was so much there, you know. Um, there's an elephant in the room, and we just sat there and we stare at the elephant, we sweep the elephant under the room, under the rug. We don't, and then all of a sudden we're questioning why we're walking so um imbalanced because there's an elephant in the room and we've covered it up with a rug. I need all of my listeners to imagine now a big gigantic elephant and a gigantic rug covering it now is that really going to hide this elephant in the room that we've swept it under this rug. No, it's go And you got to walk on it. Okay. You got to walk on this rug. You can only get from your bathroom up to your hallway. And all of a sudden now the rug appears and how are you going to cross over into even getting out your front door to start your day? You have this, that's so deep right there. You've got to walk over this elephant rug and you've got to somehow balance yourself without falling. You're sure to fall if you step on the wrong way. You're, you've got one leg off you now your body is affected right just to get to your front door to go out into this world where many many people have just walked over their elephant right what would your encouragement be to exposing that elephant to somebody how would they go about exposing it
1: i'm not gonna lie it can be very tough it was hard for me i, I to, to be public about my sexual abuse, the way I am now, now it's like no big deal. But when I first started, I was very scared because I was scared about what other people would say and think of me and judge me. And I didn't want to be judged. And now I know that it doesn't matter if they judge you or not. That's still your truth. That's my story. That's my truth. And nobody could ever take that from me. They can call me a liar. They could whatever, but I know what happened, you know, um, So I would say, just speak your truth. There's a lot of healing behind telling the truth of what has happened to you. No matter how painful it is, it can be really painful and hard to talk about, but it's very freeing. And I remember I heard that years before I even started this organization. And I would just roll my eyes and be like, that's so stupid. Like how could talking about something like that make you feel better? That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And I would literally roll my eyes and just keep it moving. And now it's been like the most incredible just gift to myself to be able to talk about this, because when I talk about it, I feel better about it. And then I know I'm helping other people by talking about it. So even if it's scary, you know, it's not like you have to be like me and go shot it from the mountaintops and be like, you can just confide in somebody that you trust. Or even if you don't trust anyone, go write it out, go journal it out and write it down somewhere. And you know, that's also being um, authentic and talking about what has happened and bringing it to light somewhere. You know, did you,
0: did the therapy, did you have therapy before? I mean, were you going into therapy and that's what opened up your window to be able to talk or had you started dressing it before therapy?
1: No. So I went, I was in therapy for, or I should say counseling for years and years before I even thought about doing this. And honestly, the reason I became public with it was because of and rise it uh, (laughs) that's how it I didn't plan to and to be honest I started and rise I wanted to help women entrepreneurs and small women-owned businesses and that's kind of the route I wanted to go when I first started it and at the time I was working with a business coach and she kept telling me that I should do trauma and abuse and I'm like no 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 I'm good and then she just kept bringing it up and I'm like no and then finally (laughs) one day I was like I think you're right I think I should be and that's kind of how it all came about. And then all
0: of a sudden it fell together, right?
1: Fell together. Your
0: together. Your coach sounds like me being with my, um, <laughs> Emily, my my last guest speaker, she mentioned just the same thing. She said, uh, it was me who was like, no, it's your story, you know? And then finally, you know, she tried couple other things and it really wasn't working. And then all of a sudden when she said, okay, this is it, I'm going to do it. Yeah. Do it all of a sudden all the pieces came together and now she's yeah. the CEO of a nonprofit that helps women connect to change yeah.
1: right?
0: and um, gets them off the streets and gets into resources. Right. So I, I, when you, Oh, op- when you do step in and open. So, so all the years of therapy though, but it wasn't until you were looking for, until you started stepping into the purpose of your life yeah. and this, this definite of purpose. And I've talked mm-hmm. about it actually before. That we get this, uh, we have this hypnotic rhythm and and it can go good habits or bad habits. And if they're bad, they're going to drift us off. If they're good and we're focused, they're going to keep us in pursuit of that definite path, uh, Mm -hmm. purpose, that definite purpose. And for you, that's what it was as you began to open up into that definite purpose. You know, one of the other things you said, and I think this is very important, we need to talk about it too, is being alone. You you became very dependent on men, uh, abusive men, and that radiated to abusive work your okay. whole circle i mean again we are products of our environment our environment it continues to multiply around us we'll go into toxic uh, work environments we'll have toxic friendships we ha- then we're i mean everything and then you wonder why you're so sick mm-hmm. you're so sick because you're you're around all the mold all the mm-hmm. toxicity right but um people can be extremely scared to be alone the reason why I think people are very scared to be alone too is because in aloneness, something bad came in the night when they were alone and it attacked them, right? This is why they don't want to be still either because they had to be still to be abused, right? So, and and then we think somebody else is really going to save us or, or two, we also think, well, I got to do for this person because that's how I'm validated. Mm -hmm. Like I, 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 I'm, I'm not anything unless I'm here for this person. Mm -hmm. And then that becomes addictive. But you had this epiphany at when, when your sister said, Hey, do you want your thirties looking like your twenties? And, uh, but there's a void and we don't talk about this void enough that it's pretty painful. Again, just like there's a little void here where you're talking about your story and it feels very uncomfortable. Okay, but you have to press through. The reason why people use substance abuse is so heavy is because they're blocking the pain. Mm -hmm. And if you block the pain and you suppress the pain, you cannot feel through the pain and free the pain. You have to feel through the pain and free the pain. If you don't, you will stay locked in the pain. You're just putting a bandaid on the pain. So that's the void I'm talking about, right? If you don't expose yourself to the void and go through the void, you won't be free of the void ever, ever. You will never be free of the void. Yeah. But if you are able to fill the pain of the void and free that pain, you'll be able to walk through and you'll be able to come onto the other side and be empowered. But my question to you is too, like, what what kind of things did you put in practice to help yourself maybe to get through some of that loneliness, Um, right? What was that like?
1: um that's a good question well you know I was a single mom too so like my daughter was always there she didn't you know I didn't I never really got help from her dad so like it's not like she went to dad's house every well she did the first five years but after after five she never saw her dad anymore so like I was with her 24 7 so I didn't technically feel super alone because I always had my kid there so that was like kind of comforting for me too um But yeah, I mean, I just I don't even know like how I did it. I just kind of just even when I felt uncomfortable, I was like, too bad, like suck it up. You know, Mm -hmm. I did feel a lot of discomfort. And I wanted to text or call somebody to say, Hey, let's go hang out. And let's go do something or come over or whatever. And I just was would be like, No, I it's a lot of self awareness of like, because sometimes it's a habit of just calling your friends or calling whoever when you're bored or whatever, you know, so like, It was just like when I found myself wanting to reach out, I'd be like, just stop. (laughs) Don't do it, you know, just go do something else, you know. But yeah, it wasn't it wasn't easy. Um, But once I started kind of getting used to that, like it was like, oh, okay." like I don't actually mind being alone anymore. You know, I actually enjoy it. Like this is actually pretty peaceful to like just be by myself and not have just noise and other things other people's problems and you know like you mentioned I I did also have a lot of toxic friendships that I didn't realize until I was around a lot of um broken people as well they're just as broken as I was and um as I was working on myself I started to see that and I was like I don't want to be around these people because I feel like they're holding me back you know I I had a friend that I was friends with for a very long time like since I was like 19 and we had a big falling out and I felt really, really bad. It felt like a really horrible breakup because I like basically lost my friend group. And, but because I lost that friend group, that's actually how Andre started. That's how my nonprofit started because once I stopped hanging out with these girls, so like one summer we, you know, I was in, in college. So like one summer for before my like last um, year, we were out every every day or they're at my house or I was at their house. We did something like every day. But then once the school semester started, I was like, all right, I got to get back to the grind. And they were still doing the same things. they were still going out every day, drinking, smoking. And then I was just like, dude, I, I, I got to do school. I can't be out with you guys all the time. And then I just saw that they kept it up. And I was like, I I'm over here trying to do something with myself. And these girls are just like, 18 year olds wanting to party all the time. And I was just, I don't know. And so I started saying stuff and they didn't like what I had to say. One of the girls was doing stuff that I didn't really like. And so I would tell her and she would get offended, but I was like, dude, you can't do that. We're not, she was acting like how we acted when we were 19, but I was like, we're freaking almost 30. Like, what are you doing? You can't do that. And then she would get offended. And so I just realized like these people are not really who I need to be surrounding myself. So anyway, so then once I stopped with them, I started doing these women empowerment events. And then I was like, I want to create an environment where women are positive and uplifting each other, not like trying to like take each other down, you know, like, or giving bad advice, just because I want to see you be on my level. You know, I saw a lot of that in my friend group, like they're encouraging bad behavior, because the other ones were doing bad too, you know. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. so that's kind of how it all all started
0: they were dancing in their own demons of trauma and staying there and not becoming aware. And what was happening for you as you were awakening and becoming aware and you were beginning to separate yourself from those things internally because the job always starts within and then it radiates outwardly, right? And so then, so once you started doing that internal work and it was continuing to manifest, you you were then, it was then rippling into your external world. And those they had to go, mm-hmm. and there's many reasons why they had to go. You know, one of the things I always tell people is that a rocket has boosters on the side of it. I, I love this. I heard this uh, Tyler Perry. He said it um, somewhere. I think it was at even at Joel Osteen's probably uh, church or something. As when he did a sermon one day, he said rockets have boosters on the side of them, but there is a level where the rocket goes. And if it goes past that and the boosters stay on, it will self-destruct. It will self-destruct, okay? It will blow up. It will self-destruct. This vessel will self-destruct because the boosters are not intended to go to the elevation that that rocket is intended to go to, Mm. right? So the boosters are dropped off. If they're not somehow dropped off, self-destruction occurs, right? And I always say that. I was like, you got to just let go of those gassy people. That's all they are is just gassy people, right? You just got to let go of those gassy people. Family, friend, or foe, if they're toxic, they must go, right? You have to let them go. But what was happening, it looks like, too, is you were identifying some red flags all over the place. Mm -hmm. and I know that that's something you talk about and you teach people and we are really quick men are quick to take a red flag and tuck it in its little pocket as a handkerchief women we collect so many that we make a full-on dress out of it and we can probably make some shoes too okay and a handbag and a matching bracelet and dropping Mm -hmm. earrings okay like we have a full and a crown okay we can make a whole crown like do not play with us right so Tell me about what's the advice you have with red flags and, and your ability uh, to see those and how you started seeing those. And now it's something you teach about with Anne Rice. Tell me a little bit, like give my listeners some encouragement or some wisdom around red flags.
1: Yeah, so I mean, I'll, I'll start with this. So I do believe that we all have like um our internal, uh, I call it conscience, right? So like, especially with women we naturally have that women's intuition I'll call it intuition so we get these vibes and feelings about people but sometimes we can overlook it or just pretend like we don't feel that and that's kind of our in my opinion this is the way how I describe it I believe that it is our higher power trying to lead us to the light otherwise I feel like we naturally just because we're like you know natural we're not perfect people we're not born perfect so we just naturally kind of go to the darkness unless we're like really paying attention to what our intuition is saying don't go by that person stay away from them don't go into that neighborhood or don't go there no you know something's stopping you and i for many years i've always been a very intuitive person but i ignored that for many many years and Mm. i just didn't want to hear it because it was easier to be pissed off and blame everyone else about everything that i was doing you know so Um, I would say that that's the first thing is pay attention to what your gut is telling you because your gut is usually 100% right. And it's gut is a big brain. Yes, it's trying to show you and stop you or protect you from something, you know, so that's the first thing I'll say. And then another big red flag that I think people should watch out for. And this can be with not just a romantic relationship, but it can be friendships as well um, is moving too fast. Somebody that just Oh my gosh, I just am in love with you and you're just the most amazing person that I've ever met and you know I just can't be without you another day so we have to go get married let's go get married tomorrow and you just met them like a week ago that it actually happens quite often a lot of people move very quickly and you know that's also love bombing so like somebody can get you like oh my god like he thinks I'm just amazing and man I just must be so and I love him too because this is just so amazing and it's just all rainbows and lollipops you know and I think that It's really easy to ignore red flags when you're being love bombed like that because you start to feel like, wow, I feel so amazing. Like he just loves me so much. And the other problem with that love bombing, too, is that they could genuinely have you on this high pedestal of you're like this queen and this like amazing person. But guess what? Nobody is a queen or like perfect. Well, you know what I mean? Like nobody's perfect, but they Mm -hmm. put you in this perfection label so then when the you know the honeymoon phase ends and you're not that perfect person that they've put you to be then it's like you know they make you feel terrible for not being that perfect person and then that's another issue so that's that's one thing another thing too to really be careful about is jealousy and again this can be in friendships and or really uh romantic relationships Mm -hmm. they don't want you to share you with anyone else not even your friends or your family Um, why are you talking to that person? Or I don't want you talking to that person anymore. Or, you know, just things like that. They want to control who you are talking to or who you're surrounding yourself around, especially, um, you know, people who are abusive, they don't want you to be around your friends and family. Because once you start telling friends and family how they're treating you, they're going to say, hey, that's not okay. That's a red flag. But they don't want that to even like be a thing you know, for you to even find out that they are a red flag. (laughs) And then another thing is like control, like somebody that wants to control again, who you hang around with, what you do, what time you come home, who are you with? What time are you coming home? They text you, they call you, they just don't give you that space to be your own person. Being in a healthy relationship require, like also involves you having your own life outside of that relationship. Absolutely. And that's something that I went through all these things that I'm naming off is because I was in the opposite situation. I was with really controlling guys. I wasn't even allowed to see my sisters, my own wow. family. Like I wasn't allowed to like be on the phone or text, or if I was, who are, who is it? And how do I know that that's really who it is? And if, if I did go out, you know, cons- like this is a story about my last toxic relationship. If I did go out, he would blow me up the entire night, call me, text me. What time are you coming home? What are you doing now? Who are you with? Who's there? And just never let me actually enjoy my time out. So it got to the point where I stopped going out because I didn't want to deal with his crap. I, I just rather stay home and be in a okay mood with him than him like blow me up and not even and let me enjoy my own time out. So I just stopped and I started isolating. Wow. And that's another thing to watch out for, too, is if you notice yourself starting to isolate to try to keep the peace in your house or keep the peace with this person, that's a huge, huge, huge red flag because you shouldn't have to do that because, again, you can be independent and have your own life and still have a very healthy relationship yep. and still have a very loving relationship with someone else. You absolutely.
0: Know? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. You know, boundaries are to protect us, not to offend anybody. Yes. Right? I tell people all the time. But we, when we come from very traumatic backgrounds, little T, big T, honestly, I don't care how very traumatic. When you have trauma of any sorts, a lot of times your boundaries are complete trash. You Mm -hmm. just don't have boundaries and it takes a lot of work to understand you get to have boundaries and what are even our boundaries what does it mean to say no what does it mean to say I can't do this for you today or no I'm not going to tell you where I'm going I don't yeah no you cannot prevent me from being around my family like Mm -hmm. um, no you will not talk to me like that no you cannot lay down and Rape me, basically, because I'm, you know, I don't want to have sex right now. Yeah. Right. No, you can't do that to me. I'm not yours. You don't own me. Mm. You don't own me. And, And it takes a lot of work because we don't know. I always tell people all the time. Right. You have rights to your no. You have rights to your no. You have rights to say no. You also have rights to be told no. It is important to be told no, right? Because the dice of life will toss you a no time and time again. No. No. No, no, no. And you pick up those dice and you say, you know what? My yes is undeniable, number one. So any no that I've had to hear, I've had to hear it for a reason. And I receive that and I grow from that point. But I have undeniable yeses. And every one of you who are listening, I want you to be encouraged. You have rights to your no and your yes is undeniable. You have rights to hear no. And most importantly, you have rights to say no. But a lot of times we didn't. No, you can't touch me. No, I won't take you there. No, you can't spit your you know, verbal abuse all over me. We don't know that because we were so little. We were in a position where we had to do what we were told, where we were just victims of victims. I say it all the time because unfortunately Mm -hmm. they were victims too. You can see these relationships you've had. These are victims of victims too, right? All the time. Um, I think that it's important for us to, be able to identify the red flags and stop playing around with the red flags and stop saying, well, you know, I know, but they're going to change because I'm really good at helping people change. You can't mm. even change yourself. You're mm-hmm. still struggling, trying to try to change yourself. Mm. Why do you think we can change? You can change. You're not going to change anybody else.
1: Yeah. You
0: have to. And that, that was them. me.
1: I was, was like, you. I, I can fix them. I can make them better. He has so much potential. Right. And that's something else we should talk about is potential (laughs) people being in love with potential instead of actually the proof. Yeah. The proof behind it, like actually doing something with that potential. (laughs)
0: Right. But the thing is, is you see the potential in the person. Mm -hmm. I said that my problem is I could see the tiniest white light. (laughs) Me too. But it might be that the whole entire room is dark. But if there is one little speck of light, I'm like, I see it and I'm going to nurture it, and I'm going to love it and it's <laughs> going to grow. And this person is not going to be a dark demon no more. Mm. I mean, that was me. I was you guys, I'm so serious, everybody. I know you're laughing at me right now, but this is a true story. OK, listen, I used to be like, oh, there was light in that person and I love the light. Mm. And yet the darkness was eating away at my soul. Mm -hmm. their darkness and it was mixing and dancing with my own darkness and my trauma so now i'm dancing with demons and i said i don't even know how to two-step like this has (laughs) got to stop dancing with demons i got to stop dancing with demons i got to stop dancing with my internal ones because i'm sick now because you know you're gonna go high and then drop low so don't act like that doesn't happen everyone because you all know it does you're gonna go high and drop low right and no I think the thing is, is because people will come to us and be like, man, you have such great advice. I mean, we, we are innate with great advice, even before we went through all, of, I mean, because our gift was always there. And I want you to understand this, everybody, your gift is always there. It's there. It is a gift that you are born with. So the gift of me being a teacher, I was born with the gift of me being somebody who could translate. I was born with the gift of me being somebody you could come and talk to, and I could give you wisdom and advice. I was born with this. Mm-hmm. which is why I had to come to full fruition and continues to bear that fruition and that fruit grows and my roots grow now and expands, right? Because it was, but I couldn't fix you to save my life. I, could, I wasn't able to even fix me, but I could tell you yeah. a good story. I could give you some good wisdom. Sure. Could. Right. And then, but you think, Oh, right. If I, if I just nurture that little bit of light, but that that's not it. I tell people all the time, like you have to rise right? You have to rise on your own and let others see you rise. And some will not like that you rise. Some will be very upset because you are no longer useful to them. They don't like it. And that's okay. You're going to go ahead and continue to rise. You need to continue to let what you um, are experiencing during this rise be shown your tools, your tips, your resources, share them out share them out so that others can maybe grab them and use them. It's on to them. It's on to them though. Right. But what Jennifer has done is now she's been able to come to An rise and has been flourishing in it. And it's bringing women together. They're having this safe space and having a true safe sacred space with women is huge because it's something again, that we, that plagues us that we don't have, which is why we've addressed the wounded mother and we'll continue to come after the wounded mother. Because the reason why women don't like each other is because of the wounded mother. Mm -hmm. That's the root. And I'm after all roots. So I want it to be known. And I know Jennifer is after roots, because if we don't get the root out, we'll never be able to place the seed of safety in. Mm -hmm. And it is the seed of safety that we are here pioneering, because from that, we believe in its fruit, we believe in its tree, in its fruit and we believe in the shade it will give to the future generations. And though we will not see all of our pioneer work, the land of the living, we will have a different perspective when we cross over and we are pursuant to this calling to see this work done. And that's what you're doing by bringing these women together, by holding this sacred space, by openly speaking about things, but you actually provide resources. You actually, you know, give them tips and tools and you actually help them stay accountable, right? You actually, so talk to us about the different things that Anne Rice does and um, and I know you just had a big event, too. And congratulations on how well it went. I, I see it was absolutely outstanding. Talk to us about what Anne Rise does, you know, kind of some of the things and how hard it is to be a nonprofit and entrepreneurship in nonprofit.
1: <laughs> Tell yeah, us about that. for sure. So um, so it's. Um... And rise. So the and means your story isn't over yet. There's more to tell. And the rise means rising above any adversities that you've faced. And our mission is to empower women to be that ultimate version of themselves, no matter what adversities they faced. Um, So we do offer women um, in Illinois, we offer free counseling. We have free support groups for women that have survived sexual and domestic abuse or any type of trauma. We offer um, uh, financial education, trauma life coaching, We do professional development, so we help with resumes and cover letters and mock interviewing skills. And we also take in gently used professional women's clothing, so that in case a woman, you know, wants to get a new job or a new career and maybe can't afford to buy a whole new wardrobe, she at least has somewhere to go um, to get some clothing. And yeah, we do women empowerment events, and I do a lot of workshops on like healthy relationships and red flags and education prevention um, because I think that that's really important because. Perhaps if, you know, like you and me were educated as kids on what abuse looks like and this is not okay, maybe our abuse would have stopped sooner. Who knows? You know, like I, we didn't have anything like that when we were younger. There's a lot more of that now, but, and it's not really honestly as much as it should be in my opinion. Um, So yeah, so that's what AndRise does. And I offer all of that based on my personal healing journey and all the things that have helped me. I believe in counseling so much. It's helped me so much. So I don't think money should ever be the barrier of getting that help if you so want it. But there's a lot of people out there that don't have insurance or they're underinsured or whatever. And I don't think that should be the reason why. So that's why I offer that to women just for free. doesn't matter if you're undocumented or you make a hundred thousand K. Like If if you need it and you want it, we're here to help. Um, And then the support groups have been honestly... Like just amazing. It's been so incredibly healing for me as a facilitator. And I know it's helped so many women so far. And I think that's kind of what we're more known for is our support groups. And we started out with one a week and now we're up to four a week. And we can add more. And we do an additional in-person once a month in person. Um, so yeah, we're definitely growing and things are going really, really great. And we continue to see a huge need for the services that we offer. And to your other question about how um, a nonprofit goes it is not easy um there is a there's a lot of rules and a lot of um you know regulations around having a 501c3 nonprofit organization a lot of paperwork a lot of yearly yeah. paperwork you have to do you know you have to come up with your bylaws and your amendments and all these things so like i would advise if anyone doesn't know what they're doing like i like me <laughs> hire somebody to write it for you hire a consult like a you know, a consultant that can write up those bylaws for you. I think it was the best money I ever spent. Cause if it was me trying to figure it out on my own, those bylaws can be very wordy. And I didn't understand half the crap it was saying. So just hire, hire help. That's something I've learned along the way is if you don't one, have the skills to do it, just hire somebody to do it for you. And, you know, any startup is going to cost money, you know, but as long as you have that passion behind you, um, that's all that you need, honestly, yes, you do need money, you know, to start an organization and things like that. But a lot of the times people just see how passionate I am about this when I talk about it, and they want to get involved, or they want to hear more, or they want to just like learn more, because they're yes. just like, wow, like, I love your passion. And wow, like hearing yep. my story. So you know, if you have a good, compelling story, and even not even if you just are passionate about it, that's, that's really a huge piece of it and in, in being successful, I think, you know,
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And you know what, I will tell you, hands down, everybody, I concur in like getting help with your paperwork and stuff. I actually just formed my corporation. I'm an S corporation. I'm so excited, Cal empowered. And thank you. I I went through legal zoom. And I want to just say it was the most amazing time. Like, it was so fast. I was talking with them yesterday, just making sure I Was, you know, every, but it's, oh my, everything is beautiful. Like I read through, I was like, oh my God, this is just, and they took care of it and it was worth every single tiny penny that went to these people. They were outstanding. The customer service was amazing. Everything is already done. I, and it's done correctly. Like there's, this is what they do. They, you know, they do it all the time. And, and I've been in law. So I could have done it myself. I want you all to know this. I could have done that myself. I know law very well. I've been in love for 20 years now and I could have done it. I chose not to do that because I was not willing to risk it number 1. I didn't want to take the time involved in creating such extensive documents, right? And it's, a, it's a rigorous process. And I was like, yes, let me pay this. So yes, you have to have some money, but a little bit of money, listen, little as much if God is in it. Okay. Please understand this, my listeners, little as much if God is in it. And so you can take a little bit and God will multiply it. Exactly. We've seen this time and time again. God exactly. is so good at multiplying. I can
1: attest to that. I There's so right? many times where I was like, how am I going to pay for this? I don't know how when am I ever going to make money on this? You know? And like, you know, for myself, like paying myself, I didn't pay myself honestly until a couple of months ago, but I could, you know, but God always provides, even when I would be stressed and scared, even with this casino night that we were just talking about this fundraiser that I did, I was like, Oh my gosh, nobody wants to buy tickets and how am I going to get people to come? And you know what the last, two weeks before the event I was like you know what whoever is meant to be there God will bring and whoever's not won't go and that's it I need to stop stressing about it and guess what we had a pretty good amount of people and all of them were like huge supporters of me and it was wonderful like so God always provides always always always
0: always and it's really in you trusting the process yes knowing that you are safe to surrender. And again, as you continue to evolve and we pursue mastery, right? Evolution and growth over a lifetime is the pursuit to mastery. So as we continue to evolve and we move forward and you move forward and you do acts like that, where you say, you know what? I'm gonna be okay. I surrender to God. I'm safe to surrender. You also healed a moment in time in your trauma where you weren't safe to surrender. Yeah. Right. So this is why it's imperative that you know everyone. We continue to do the work today. I continue to go to counseling. I continue to do hard work. I am pulling off layers and layers and layers and layers and layers because they're connected to decades and decades and decades. And if you really wanna go there, it's connected to generations, generations, generations and generations. But what I know is that we have a living God who is generational. He is about generation to generation. And if he's called you to break a generational curse, I want you to know he has your full back and little is much. He will, if you take that little, if you take those talents, right. And you don't bury them. And you put them out, God will multiply them. God shows you that time and time again and test them and see, like, why don't you just put it to the test and see, I can guarantee
1: you. And um, I want to say something really quick about that. So I know that, you know, that I'm in counseling with my mom right now, still, you know, um, like I had mentioned earlier, I was very resentful and angry with her for a long time, but I also knew that I wanted to work on my relationship with her. And, and this is kind of going to what you were just saying that, those generational cycles, I've been able to see so much. Now I can take a step back and I see so much of these, like, you know, just cycles. And, but because I've been on my journey, because I've been brave and I stepped out in in faith with God and everything like that too. Now my sister's in counseling. Now my mom is, you know, I'm working on getting her to go to her own individual counseling, but she's doing it with me. So I figure that's a start. And, you know, so things like that. So just know that there is a lot of power in the decisions that you make for yourself and people around you are watching and they will eventually follow. And there's so much power in planting seeds with people. So much power. You have no idea. So So much much power. power Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I, and I, I am, I, I'm here to say, yes, I concur. There is so much power in it. I promise you they're watching. I promise you that they're hungry, even if they're bickering at you and they're upset with you. They're still inside, going, "Dang, I wish I could have had the courage, though, yeah. to do what she's doing." Or, mm-hmm. "Dang, I wish I could have opened and pulled this, opened my mouth and or pulled the muzzle off and then opened my mouth." Right? I wish I could. Have. And you know, I think that what and what I want to say this in in to to all of you as well is that when Jennifer came to me, she hadn't started counseling with her mom. We were just going at this mm-hmm. with the wounded mother. And she knew that this was, you know, something that plagued her. And I can remember she said, Natasha, I want you to know something. I'm going to go to counseling with my mom now. And I was like, oh, my God, look at the fruits of that faith. You put faith in to go and serve in a capacity to expose and and bring light to the wounded mother and God reciprocated with allowing space for you and your mother to go for this therapy. And no matter what your mom's going to get a little something and you're getting something. And then look at, look what it did. It just trickled out because God is serious about his daughters. God is serious about his daughters and then rising. God is serious about healing his daughters because we are so powerful. But if we are divided, just like this nation in this world, we will stay in a position of oppression. We will stay in a position of weakness. And when we, one of the greatest vessels on the earth, because we give life, there's no other way, there's another other way life comes through. I want all of you to understand this. We give life, women give life, female animals give life please understand this. The female essence, the female embodiment is the life-giving force and God is life. Mm -hmm. So you tell me that she is supposed to be wounded and she, and she's supposed to be oppressed and controlled and manipulated. No, all that is being done to weaken her power
1: Mm -hmm. because
0: if she gets wind of how powerful she is,
1: There will be no stopping her. I totally believe that. And I totally believe that that's why we're always put at this lower level than men. Because Mm -hmm. I truly believe, I don't know if I've told you this before, but I'm like, if women rule the world, the world would be a much better place. I don't think that all women are good. You know, I think there's some bad ones, but just like there's great men and bad men. But I truly believe that we are some powerful women, like just people that we can, we, are. we literally create life. There would be no nothing without us, you know, here on earth, at least. Um. So yeah, exactly. I think they know that. And I think they are intimidated by us. I think we can handle stress way better than men can. I think there's a lot of things that we can do that they can't. And I think that that that's the reason why we're still kind of in this place where we're not fully equal yet. You know, yeah, I think that it's very important for us to heal so we
0: can rise mm-hmm. right to heal um, so that we can rise because without our healing taking place we can't go into a position of power because then we'll be really catty and we'll be really manipulative. We've been actually trained to be manipulators. Like that's part of the programming. Right. Right. And we've been trained to be dependent on men. Right. And have these codependent relationships. Right. A lot of women, you look at the history of just how relationships they left their home and went into the home of the man. Right. And, and so there's a lot of conditional realms that we have to pull off a lot of societal realms that we have to pull off and come into this new awakening. And, and um, I, I honestly, I think it's an honor to lead the way with women's healing, having been wounded by women so much. My mom, my stepmom, right? Like, like having, you know, I always be like, yo, I'm called to lead women forward. That is so amazing. And yeah. I'm sure you feel the same way, right? Like, it's so amazing to know that we've been called, especially because we've been hurt by women. Um, and, and we've been hurt by men too. But again, to be able to come and combat and come forward. Um, I, I'm, I really love that you talked about kind of, you know, how kind of how hard it is for a nonprofit, but is, but it's, it's worth it too. the work you're doing is making impact. Where do you see the vision? Tell us about the vision before we wrap up. Where do you see Anne rise going? What's the big vision for you?
1: So I definitely have a big vision for this nonprofit. I just when you say Susan G Komen, everybody knows what that is, right? I want that to be us. Like one day we're going to be, when you hear and Oh, I know what that is. And I want us to be a worldwide organization helping women all around the world. Because as you know, there's a lot of countries out there where women still don't have rights or resources or any type of help. So that's, that's what I want. I want us to be just um, big and just have so many resources where that's the organization where women can come to, to get, you know, whatever, job training or, you know, counseling, free counseling, support groups, whatever it is, you know, uh, we're actually starting a book club soon, too. We're trying to do more stuff to build the community because the women that attend our groups really, really like it. And they want to hang out like outside of the support group. So we're trying to find more ways to make that happen so that there's more community with positive and supportive women. And there's no cattiness, none of that mean girl crap in my organization. Hell no, that doesn't happen here. So Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is a safe, beautiful, wonderful space for women. For that's,
0: sure, that's that's awesome. So my encouragement to you is, I want you to, to from saying, "I want to," we will be. No, we, oh, we will be. be. We oh, will I be. Spoke,
1: oh, I know. We so I spoke. No, at the- At the casino night, I I said, I'm like, one day this venue, we're going to not be able to fit in this venue. We're going to have to go to the United Center, the United Center. That's
0: what I'm talking about right there. (laughs) We speak life into existence. So I love the book club. So that's great. You know what somebody said to me is we should start a podcast club where we listen to podcasts and then, you know, everybody listens to their podcast and then they come meet and they talk about what they got. I, like I think that I think I think you guys might want to try that out. you welcome cool to, idea. to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's a for I love podcasts too. So yeah. People love cool. them. This is a way to also help you. And I've already told all of you this that by listening to podcasts and um, like myself and others that are out there, it definitely helps to motivate you. It gives you that inspiration. I listen to podcasts. Um, I have people who send me podcasts, and I'll listen to them. I listen to sermons all the time. I happen to love Sarah Roberts Jacobs, and she just—I—I can't get enough of her. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I I really get into the Word, and and really that really what ignites me is uh, because I got a little preacher in me. I swear there's a little preacher in me, (laughs) anyways. Um, and so I but I I do I, I listen to these things and I try to be very very conscious and aware of you know positive statements I am that's what I just talked about last week is the power of I am and how it is our existence is connected to that so it's really important so you are a global organization impacting the world and you are building something that outlasts you and it continues to rises as you continue to rise in your authority and expanding right so your expansion if people want to get involved with you like how do they do that how do they connect with you i'll make sure everybody you will get her social media handles and all that in the description but tell them how they can connect with you
1: Sure. So if you're looking to connect, um, you can visit our website, www.womenrisechicago.org, or you can contact me directly um, at my email, jennifer at org. Otherwise, I know she'll give you all the links for our social media. We're all over social media. So (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: all over social media, they will be linked in the description below. You know, we could continue and talk and talk. I I think there's just, there's so much synergy between us and our stories are so similar Mm -hmm. and we've experienced so much and our passions are so similar and our mission, right. I I am honored to do work with you. I am grateful to God to um, that. He allowed us to, you know, um, come together for his purpose and his work, right? And to be able to go out there and serve alongside of you is... It's been a, a real honor. And I'm really excited about what we get to do forthcoming. So one more thing too. So it, nobody, they don't have to be in Chicago to come to your virtual support groups. Can they be anywhere? Yeah,
1: yeah we get What's women that? from all over the US and even beyond. Right. So yes, if you cool. are in another state, but you want to come to a support group, yes, we get women from all over. Cool. So feel free to join. Yeah, awesome. And it's, and it's free too. So
0: yeah it's it's free it's a support group that's free for you everyone it's a virtual they can find that on the website do they have to yes. sign up for it? is that is that what
1: happens? yes and then yeah, you, you you go on the website um it says there's a tab on there that says how we help and then you'll see a drop down for support groups go there and then pick whichever support group you want and then it'll t- send you to like eventbrite to sign up and then oh can- wow that is
0: so fantastic that is yes. that is just outstanding um you know, I know God is going to continue to bless you, you and 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 Anne rise. And you know, I think if we look at the the whole story, right, up to today, from a little girl who was, you know, father sneaking yeah. around to setting souls upon souls free today of women whose stories are very similar. See, suffering is necessary until it's no longer necessary, everyone.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I would never negate any of my suffering, Jennifer. I would never, I would not one single drop. You mean you had to yeah. be molested for 10 years again? Yes. You mean yeah. you, Your father, you, you would rape you later unless you are sexually yes I would I would because this moment right here would not appear before us everyone if we would not have endured the suffering so do not negate your suffering because suffering is necessary until it's no longer necessary and then you see a world a very extraordinary world and today the world that Jennifer and I live in and the world that we are in pursuit and mission of and that we do massive amounts of pioneer work is worth every drop of suffering, because somebody today received healing today. Somebody received a piece of freedom today. And for you, for that one person, I know I personally would suffer all over again for you, to know that you, because in the word of God, he tells us even the one penny I go looking for, even the one soul I rejoice over. See, even in the one Because little is much if God is in it. So remember that, everybody. Remember to hold on to your faith in this journey. Remember that you're not alone. Remember that you can go through this life of abuse, trauma. Turn it into triumph and rise. That's what I want you to be encouraged with today. Thank you, Jennifer, so much for being on my show. I will, I'll definitely have you back. We're going to pick some topics and have you back and just really go into those topics. Mm -hmm. I think that would be really helpful. Um, Stay tuned, everybody. We're going to do another round of the wounded mother. We're going to get that scheduled for the new year sometime in probably the second quarter it's looking like. So stay Mm -hmm. tuned for that. Do connect with Jennifer. If you are inclined, support her mission, support her uh, passion, go ahead and connect into her support groups. If you need that, it's available to you. They're free. This is a free resource. And here's what I want you to know too. You are being drawn in here to rise up so that you can go out and draw in more. We are not building you up to stay. You understand that? Leaders build up more leaders, not followers. We are building you up to go out and to lead because you have your own net to cast into the sea of sorrow that has so many people trapped inside of it. And you are to bring that net and you are to sling those souls back on shore. Jennifer, I commend you for pulling those souls out of the sea of despair. And I thank you for continuing and I cover you in continuing the work that you have because there are more souls in the sea of despair that you will continue to pull out. And what you're doing is you're training them just like I am to go and do this work because we are not alone and we cannot do this work alone. So everybody, thank you so much for being with us, Jennifer. It's been my pleasure. Thank you so much Thank you for, for having me. You are welcome. Thank you. Thanks everyone for listening today. I hope you received a lot out of that episode and are feeling energized and ready for whatever lies ahead. If you did enjoy it, I'd appreciate it if you'd share it out. Thank you in advance for doing so. Please also connect with me on social media, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, Natasha M. Palumbo. And until next time, be encouraged, be empowered, and as always, be well.